Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet around the world church service. And I'm so happy that you're here today because I believe that God's word is able to build you up. It's able to strengthen you so that you can do all that God has called you to do. And there's some great things that he has called you to do. And also God's word is able to transform you into the person that you're supposed to be, which is transformed into the mature image of Christ Jesus, the son of God, praise God, and God's working in your life through his word. Amen. Now, please take your Bibles, go with me to Genesis chapter 12. We're going to receive the holy tithes and offerings. We're going to bring them into the storehouse of the Lord. And I want to share with you that the good plan that God has for your finances, it can't be stopped by the enemy. Darkness cannot stop light from shining and having its way. And neither can the enemy shut off God's blessing, God's flow of provision in your life. Financial struggle is not a result of financial problems within the earth. Rather, financial struggle is due to lack of revelations in the life of the believer. Pastor Stephen, what type of revelations? Revelations unveiling of God's covenant. Praise the Lord. And we see that in Genesis chapter 12, verse 10. Now there was a famine in the land and Abram went down to Egypt to dwell there for the famine was severe in the land. Now it's a good thing that Abram did not take some of the modern day Christians with him because they would have said, Oh, Abram, God can't bless us because there's famine and because there are negative external circumstances where the economy is not good. We cannot prosper in this type of a setting. But Abram knew that God is a covenant keeping God and that covenant will work in your finances even if there is famine. Watch this. Even if there is severe famine in the land, the covenant will prevail over all negative circumstances. And the covenant is not something that you can walk in if you're not aware of it. That's why I want to share just a little bit today during the tithe and the offering about God's covenant for you and your finances. So we see there's severe famine, but Abraham stays in the land of famine. And in verse two of chapter 13, it says that Abram was very rich in livestock, in silver and in gold. What does that mean right there in that place of economic hardship? God supernaturally lifted Abram above the difficulties, above the famine, and all of the lack around him, and God's covenant worked in his life, even though the circumstances would say, it's impossible to succeed here. Praise God. The covenant is superior to any adverse condition. The covenant is is superior to any adverse financial climate. God's covenant is not held back by the country that you live in. God's covenant is not rendered ineffective because maybe you have not had a higher education. God's covenant will work in the life of any believer who becomes a covenant practitioner. Ooh, praise the Lord. Now we see this also in Psalm 89. Psalm 89, verse 34. My covenant I will not break. Let those words sink into your spirit as God makes that proclamation to you today from his living word. My covenant I will not break, nor alter the word that has gone out of my lips. Once I have sworn by my holiness, I will not lie to David and my friends. He won't lie to you either. His seed shall endure forever 
and his throne as the sun before me. It shall be established forever like the moon. Praise the Lord. Now, think of the moon just for a moment. It may be in the afternoon or maybe in the morning when you're watching this program. But my friends, the very fact that the moon will come out tonight is an indicator that God's covenant is still in effect. Praise the Lord. It shall be established forever like the moon. As long as that moon is exchanging places every night, my friends, the covenant keeping ability of God is on display for all of his people to see his faithfulness. Now let's go to Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 19. And the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah saying, thus says the Lord, if you can break my covenant with the day and my covenant with the night, so that there will not be day and night in their season, then my covenant may also be broken with David, my servant, so that he shall not have a son to reign on his throne. Now listen to verse 25. Thus says the Lord, if my covenant is not with day and night, and if I have not appointed the ordinances of heaven and earth, then I will cast away the descendants of Jacob and David, my servant. My friends, unless you somehow can come up with the ability to stop day and night, then you have to understand that you can't stop the covenant. And by the way, there is nobody that can stop day and night because God has made a covenant with day and night. And they're always going to be exchanging places. Why? God made a covenant with day and night. God made a covenant with the moon. God has made certain covenants with the earth. And when you connect with God's covenant, that is the moment when you begin to come into command over financial success in your life. You see this also in the book of Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse 18. And you shall remember the Lord, your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. And remember, wealth is a good thing. God would never give you the power to get something that's wrong or that would hurt you or that would be sinful or evil. Wealth is a very good thing. God give, he gives you the power to get wealth. And it says that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. So here we see in verse 18 that the empowerment to get wealth is on the basis of the covenant. So it is a covenant that commits God's integrity to deliver wealth into your life. Praise the Lord. My friends, we need to honor the Lord with the tithe. The tithe belongs to him. And we can also honor the Lord with offerings as we give to God with a heart of love, as we bring the tithe in with the heart of love and worship, because it says in Hebrews chapter seven, that Jesus is still receiving the tithe. So my friends, as you bring it into the storehouse of the Lord, you become a practitioner of the covenant as you walk with God who has established certain covenants. And as you practice the financial covenant, then you commit God and his integrity to engage with you on that platform of the covenant. And that covenant will work and you'll never know lack. You'll never know financial stress again. It is very important to meet God on the conditions and terms of the covenant. And we anchor to that covenant through tithing, through seed time and harvest, through giving, and of course also through walking with the Lord in a life that honors him. And we see that expressed in scripture in second Timothy chapter one, verse 19, excuse me, chapter two, verse 19, where it says, nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his and 
Let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Amen. Depart from any form of cheating or lying or swindling. My friends, be very straightforward in every area of your life, especially in the area of finances. No iniquity, no wickedness, no twisted dealings. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Render under God what is rightfully His, and render under Caesar or the IRS what rightfully belongs to them. Praise the Lord. Because when you keep covenant with the Lord, He'll always keep you in the overflow. Praise God. My friends, we live in a world that has many dangers, many perils. Uh, the economic systems in many ways are moved by factors of fear and confidence. And when there's confidence, things can go down. Stocks can go down. Uh, currencies can go down. And it's just very, very reassuring to know that when you are in covenant with God in a financial covenant, that God has you covered and God will always take care of you. And God will always move you into a place of financial victory. Mm -mm. Doesn't mean that the enemy won't test you at times. Doesn't mean that the enemy will not try to give you challenges at times, but the covenant will never ever fail. And God is a covenant keeping God. And you will know financial strength when you engage the Lord on the covenant platform. Now let's be covenant practitioners. Let's bring the tithe into the storehouse. Let's honor the Lord and sow seed. Praise God. Let's give an offering and let's worship him as we do so. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a covenant keeping God. And oh Lord, we have the honor and the privilege to meet you on the covenant platform. And we just thank you that you are blessing our finances. We thank you that you are releasing the power to get wealth. We thank you, Father God, that that is based on the covenant. And we thank you, Father, we have a heart for you, and you want us to be wealthy so that we can have extra to bless others, to preach the gospel around the world, and to have the ability to touch the lives of many, many people. We thank you, Father God, for this power. We thank you that it is an entrustment, and we just honor the privilege. We honor you for the privilege of being able to walk in this blessed life. We thank you, Father, that it's all made available to us through Christ's sacrificial death and atoning work there at Calvary. And so we step into it by faith and through covenant practice, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Bless your people. Amen. You know something about the covenant is so wonderful, is that you cannot enter into this covenant through you know, so many means that sometimes Christians try, such as, you know, um, bawling and squalling and begging and groaning and moaning. You don't have to do any of that. That's not meeting the terms and the conditions. The terms and the conditions are anchored in tithing and giving offerings and then walking upright before your Lord, loving God with all of your heart, mind, and strength. Praise the Lord. Now, for those of you that prefer to mail your tithes and offerings in, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina, 28654. Now, if you want to bring your tithes, your offerings in online, you can do so anytime, day or night. And many of you, you get paid at different times, or you get a, you get a check, or you get a commission, or something like that, or maybe a blessing. And it could be any time of day or night. You can bring that tithe in from anywhere in the world by visiting the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. On the homepage, there's a link that says give. It has a red heart. And you can click that, and it will take you to the page where you can, you can allocate the tithe. And then if you would like, you could also give an offering. We have some various projects that we are working on. Praise God. Mm -mm, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I see you breaking into wealth through the power of the covenant. It doesn't matter. Even if there's famine, 
the covenant can prevail over any negative circumstance. Well, Pastor Stephen, I don't have a Ph.D. from a business school. You can have a Ph.D. in the covenant, praise God. And you can walk in that covenant. God will start lifting you up. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Very, very exciting. The kingdom walk is very, very exciting. Father, bless your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, praise the Lord. Glory to God. My friends, let's take our Bibles today. We're going to go over to the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 12. Mm -mm. God's Word is working. God's Word is working. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 12. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Mm -mm. I'm still thinking about that covenant. Anytime you see the moon, anytime you see daylight and nighttime, Changing places. Just know God's a covenant-keeping God, and you cannot fail because you are operating on that covenant as well. Financial strength coming in the wealth. Woo, what a blessing. Praise God. Matthew chapter 12. Today we're going to talk about the subject, what did you say? Praise the Lord. And for those of you that have a great interest in moving into this area of operating in miracle working power. I would like for you to pay careful attention to today's message because there are some things I'm going to share from scripture that are essential for you to operate in, to understand in order to see miracles consistently happen in your life and to be able to sustain that. Praise the Lord. Father, as we study your word today, we ask that your Holy Spirit would illuminate the scriptures so that we can take them, simply understand them, and apply them to our lives. We thank you. Thank you, Father, for the authority you've invested in us through Christ in Jesus' name. We all say amen. Praise the Lord. Matthew chapter 12, verse 36. Let me get a little drink of water here before we take off. Jesus speaking to the religious leaders, he said, but I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. Wow. Now, this statement about giving an account for every idle word is very important for us to understand because these idle words can also be translated as words that are unprofitable, words that are basically nonsense. One version says babble. My favorite uh, translation calls idle words wasted words. That's very fitting. My friends, I believe that there's nothing that more quickly reveals the lack of true spirituality in a Christian than hearing a Christian talk in a way where they're expressing just foolish talk and also are speaking idle words. This is something that we really need to have ironed out in our life in order to step into greater realms of glory and miracles. And also so we don't get ourselves in a mess where maybe we say something that we didn't mean, and then maybe it's hard to get out of it. Maybe, uh, it, you know, you've made a commitment and you're like, I can't believe I did that, but it's too late. You've put it out there. And these are things we have to be very, very careful with because the Lord is entrusting us with more and more authority. You know, I taught a message similar to this some years back at a conference. And when I finished the message, one of the ministers afterwards, who was uh, also one of the speakers, he said, Stephen, he said, I really enjoyed that message you spoke. He said, the Lord had to teach me some of these things the hard way because he's very, very serious about governing what comes out of our mouths. And he said, Stephen, what happened to me one day is he said, I started to go into a vision and in this vision, I saw the I saw what looked like a portal begin to open up 
And he said, I was, he said, I don't know why. He said, I just spoke very flippantly when that started happening. And he said, I, yeah, I guess maybe he was in a silly mood when it started to happen. And as that portal kind of started to spin and started to open up, he said, well, he said, come on through. And he said, a demon came through that portal. He said, I didn't know it was a bad portal. He, and he said, this demon came through and he said, I could not get rid of this evil spirit for two weeks. He said, every time I would command it to leave, he said, the thing would say to me, but you said I could be here. You said, come on through. So here I am and I'm not leaving. He said, it took me two weeks before I could get that thing to leave. And he said, I of course had to repent before the Lord for being so light and easy with spiritual things. Now, I don't want to scare anybody, but let me say this. There is a, there is a great danger in the realm of the second heaven. I'm not talking about heaven far off, which is the abode of God. I'm talking about the upper atmosphere, not right here in this area per se of where we're breathing oxygen, but higher up where the airplanes fly. Uh, they're flying around like five or six miles up. That is an area up in that realm where Satan, who is called in scripture, the prince of the power of the air has many strongholds that you can't see with your physical eyes, but they're actually up there. And, um, there are all kinds of, I, I would even call them like wicked palaces, wicked strongholds where these spirits that rule and govern over political leaders and global leaders, they actually have these headquarters up there and they have meetings up there. The spirits do where they plot and plan to rule over the unbelievers and we know that Satan is called the God of this world. And that's not capital G O D that's little G O D. And that's a dangerous realm. And I've, I've been in that realm before I've been taken up there by the Holy spirit before. And it is very, very dangerous. You have to be careful what you do. You can only do what God allows you to do. And you have to be very, very careful what you say, because you're on, you're on total enemy territory. Anytime you're up there in the spirit realm, and that you're walking in those places. And so we have got to learn to be very careful with our words because God wants us to operate in these levels of authority that he's made available for us. But in order to do that, we have got to speak in agreement and, and in harmony with scripture. And we have got to speak in harmony with the Holy spirit, lest we do something that could be very detrimental to our own lives or perhaps even the lives of others. Praise God. Now, this area of idle words, particularly the idle words being foolish talk, babble, wasted words, they're actually classified by the Holy Spirit along with a category of other very, uh, I would call corrupt things. So we can't treat this lightly. This is very, very serious. We see this category listed in Ephesians chapter five, Ephesians five. And I would like, I want to read verse three and four, but I actually want to read verse three in the NIV, the new international version, because the translators just nailed it on this verse three in the NIV. And it is very, very powerful, particularly in the culture and the age in which we're living today. So this is Ephesians chapter five, verse three. And it says in the NIV, but among you, that would be among the believers, that's you and I, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality. You know, it's not only saying, of course, don't commit sexual immorality. We all know that's wrong. But my friends, the Holy Spirit says there must not even be a hint of it in our lives. That's powerful. Or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. So we have some yucky stuff here. We have sexual immorality, fornication. We have uh, impurity that's related to sexual forms of impurity. We have greed, which is really a, you know, just a form of crude idolatry. And then we get into verse four, neither 
should there be a hint basically of what we now see listed which would be filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting so this area of foolish talking which is idle talking and also coarse or crude jesting and joking are categorized right next to sexual immorality we have to be very very careful with what comes out of our mouth in these areas of foolish talking and foolish talking is just standing around talking about stuff that's just a, a complete waste and I think the best way to describe it is not so much perhaps through examples as it is you just know it when you hear it and it could be just stuff that would be along the lines of gossip or slander or just you know talking about so many things that are that have absolutely no value it's not that it's neutral it's negative and we need to stay away from it neither foolishness nor excuse me neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting and the coarse jesting is something that can drift around quite common unfortunately sometimes even in churches and that's because the spirit of the world is trying to get into the church and within the within the world system you see reality shows you see talk shows late night comedy shows that sometimes are completely based around this crude humor and then you have forms of movies that could be classified as slapstick type comedy where there's jokes but the jokes have these double innuendos they have these connotations where the word has a double meaning and it it has a it has an overture where it's implying something naughty my friends these things should never ever be coming out of the mouth of a saint these are things that should never ever be coming out of the mouth of a believer a child of God and if you do that you talk like that you will muddy the waters of your testimony and they'll think well that person is now trying to tell us about Jesus that we need to get saved and we just heard what came out of their mouth you know an hour ago and so it muddies all the water up and so you have to be able to talk straight shoot straight and not have that pollution literally that defilement in your life mm -mm. I'm telling you words can absolutely defile you let's go to the gospel of Mark chapter 7 Mark chapter 7 and we'll see that clearly in Scripture Mark chapter 7 verse 14 when he had called all the multitude to himself he said to them hear me everyone and understand there is nothing that enters a man from outside which can defile him but the things which come out of him those are the things that defile a man if anyone has ears to hear let him hear and that of course would be spiritual ears spiritual understanding now let's drop down to verse the verse 20 and he said what comes out of a man that defiles a man for from within out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts adulteries fornications murders thefts covetousness wickedness deceit lewdness and evil eye blasphemy pride foolishness all these evil things come from within and defile a man so this area of foolishness and the associated uh, speaking of foolish words those things can defile a person and yes you can speak foolish words and you can speak coarse and crude jesting and if you do that if you do that my friends it will bring a type of defilement and if you're doing those type of things you're going to grieve the Holy Spirit and if you grieve the Holy Spirit you will never walk in the mighty power of miracles and signs and wonders because you're not going to get that without the Holy Spirit and while there's a place for humor and God has the most beautiful holy and enjoyable humor and 
uh, many, of course, of his ministers operate in humor. And so often the Holy Spirit will work through me with humor. And we're always going to let that flow. But we have to be able to discern the difference between humor, which helps people relax, which makes people happy, and that which is foolishness, and that which starts going downhill and off the cliff real quick, such as coarse jesting and crude jokes. My friends, if you start just engaging that a little bit, it has a way of plunging off the cliff so quick. And the next thing you know is you're now somehow engaged into something really yucky. So don't get lured into that snare of talking along the boundaries of that. Just shut it off. And don't go into that. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Let's go to the book of James chapter three, mm -mm. James chapter three. These are things we're talking about today with these words coming out of our mouths that are not optional as far as, well, maybe we can do this. Maybe we shouldn't. These are essentials in order for us to step into the greater glory. And I know that you want to do that. James chapter three, verse 10 out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing my brethren. These things ought not to be. So does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening. Can a fig tree, my brethren bear olives or grapevine bear figs. Thus no spring yields both salt water and Fresh. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. Let him show by good conduct the way that you live your life. That would certainly include a large portion of what it is that you speak and say. That is our conduct. That's the way that we live our lives. Not only through the things that we do, but also through the things that we say. And we have got to learn, my friends, to be consistent. Because consistent good words, consistent wholesome words, is the hallmark of the mature saint. Woo! Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I see you coming into a new level of your conversation. Praise the Lord. You know, those Christians who, who just downplay this and think it's not really important. Well, Pastor Stephen, everybody has their little giggle moments where they like certain stories that are a little bit off color. Everybody kind of likes that. No, saints don't like that. God doesn't like that. And the Holy Spirit doesn't like that. And if you play around with that stuff, that will put an area of defilement in your life that will... That will keep you from getting into the power and into the glory. Mm -mm. You've got to get this dialed in. You've got to get it dialed in. Let's go back to the book of Ephesians chapter 4. This time chapter 4. Verse 29. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Do not, my friends, don't let it come out of your mouth. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Now, I would like for us for a moment to examine the phrase, let no corrupt word, the, the phrase corrupt word. In the Greek, this is the word phelous, and it means, the corrupt word in the Greek means something that stinks. It means something that is rotten. And an example in the Greek culture for this word would have been something like old rotten meat. Get ready. I hate to say it, but this is, I want you to understand the Greek word picture of this old rotten meat that stinks. That's full of maggots. Hmm. Let no corrupt word come out of your mouth. No rotten Stinking, filthy word. These are words that are full of death. These are words that are dead. These are words in the eyes of God that literally have a smell of decay and it stinks. 
and the nostrils of the Holy Spirit. And thus we see in the following verse, verse 30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Did you know that you can grieve the Holy Spirit by words that you say? Certain words that can even defile you and words that will even grieve the Holy Spirit. And if you grieve the Holy Spirit, there will be no miracles. There will be no signs. There will be no wonders. There will be no powerful testimony. There will be no anointing upon what you say. Even if what you say is technically correct without the Holy Spirit, it won't have the power and it won't have the punch. We cannot grieve the Holy Spirit. We must be very, very careful about what we say. And look, I, I have certain family members that love to get in this area of, I, I, I wouldn't maybe call it uh, dirty jokes, but they like to dance right around it, right up to it. it it's certainly coarse jesting. And, you know, the ones that do it are religious. Uh, what I mean by that is not so much that they're even saved, but some of them go to church and they're really religious. <laughs> I don't even know if some of them are born again, bless their hearts, but they're very, very, very religious. But, oh, they, they like to, they like to come up with these one liners. They like to drop these certain statements that are just real coarse, real, you know, exactly. And, um, and you know what, if I hear stuff like that, I don't smile. I don't smile. And I've always been a person that if anybody was going to do that, I could do it and I could do it real good. I could get people laughing and uh, I could, I could just really kind of have a lot of fun with that. But look, if you do, if you do stuff like that, you're never going to go anywhere with God. And years and years back, decades ago, before I was filled with the Holy Spirit, yeah, I would do stuff like that, think it was funny, and others would do it too, and we would be in church and say little things like that. And, and then we would try to have our serious moments, and then we'd try to pray, and then we'd try to be real holy. But see, then we had some of that other stuff mixed in too. <laughs> but my friends, we must walk with the Lord in a way that's pleasing to Him, getting all of the foolish Silly talk out of our lives doesn't mean you can't have fun. God wants us to be joyful. The joy of the Lord is our strength, and strength is something that's very, very important. And we have to have that strength. But my friends, this, this area, though, that's vastly different of foolish talk, and coarse jesting, and just saying things that are grievous to the Holy Spirit, that must be shut off 100%. And you can't, you can't let your flesh just let yourself walk into it. Well, others are doing it. Surely God understands. Oh, he understands you're compromising, and He understands you don't really want the power. You don't really want the glory when you're doing stuff like that. Mm -mm. Look, I've seen preachers play around with this. I've seen preachers dance around the edge of it. They, they wouldn't say a word that's like, how could we say, like a, a profane word or like a vulgar word, but they'll... They do these innuendos, you know, they, they, they'll dance around and sometimes say certain things. You know exactly what they meant when they said it. They think it's being cool. They're being slick. Well, that, that's why they don't have miracles happen in their lives. Because you're not going to get into the real strong miracles without the power of the Holy Spirit. And He's not going to be moving in great glory when people are talking like that. He does not, he does not flow through all this contamination. Mm -mm. We have to honor God. We have to honor the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. Now, let's go to something very, very important. Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. And this is really what I want to get to today in this subject of what did you say? Mm -mm. Mark 11, verse 22. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God for assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Well, Pastor Stephen, I tried that. I did that. Nothing, nothing happened. The mountain didn't move at all. Matter of fact, the mountain looks like it got even bigger. 
Well, there could be various reasons. One, there could be unbelief. And if there's unbelief in the heart, it's not going to work. So you have to get your faith built up. You have to know the will of God. And you have to, you have to operate from that platform of the knowledge of God's Word. And you speak in faith. But here's what quite a few Christians are bumping into. And they're failing to identify the source of the, of the disconnect. And here for many is what it is. They're trying to speak to the mountain and they're trying to use the authority that Jesus has delegated them to use words in the sense of the release of power to control various obstacles and to move those obstacles, whether it's a mountain or whatever it might be. But when they're speaking and they're saying to the mountain and they're telling the mountain to move at the same time, they're over here telling jokes all the time, always being foolish with their words, being silly all the time. And then they're going to suddenly turn and now they're going to act spiritual and now they're going to speak to the mountain and the angels are just like, we don't know if this guy is joking. We don't know what the person's doing. And the mountain sits back and laughs and says, you, you can't switch on and off like that because you've diluted the power. And the mountain says, I'm not going anywhere. Why? Because of all of the mixture of foolishness and immaturity and wasted words and all of these idle words just floating all over the place. Whoo! And so then you try to speak with authority and power, maybe even shout and get real into it. Still nothing happens. Why? You have diluted that power through misrepresentation of the authority by speaking to all kinds of things, all kinds of foolish stuff. And then nothing happens when you really need it to work. But my friends, there is a true authority that grants the release of valid power within the earth to move mountains, to move sickness, to move disease, to remove dementia, to remove Down syndrome, to remove whatever that filthy mountain that the devil has brought into your life. There is a true power. But my friends, you're going to have to get really serious about the words that are coming out of your mouth and not let stuff just come out that you know you're not going to do what you just said, but you said it anyhow. Ah, it doesn't matter. I just said that to be able to get out of the room or, or get out of that because I didn't want to be in that. Yeah, but you, you said things that now you, you're, you're not going to fulfill it. Well, no, I had no intention. Well, what's going to happen now when you really tried to speak the word? It's not going to work. It's not going to work. My friends, we've got to get very, very serious about this because this word is the same power that can move a mountain. It's the same power in Mark chapter four, verse 39, when Jesus spoke to the wind, when Jesus spoke to the waves, basically rebuking the storm and nature has to submit to the authority of the words that he uttered. That's the potential. That's the potential of what we have to walk in. It's the same authority that God invested into Moses and Moses spoke to the rock. And when he spoke to the rock for water that came out to come out, water gushed out of a rock. My friends, this is miracle creative power. But to see that actualized, you have to understand that you have to be very accurate, very accurate with your words. This is the same type of authority. When Joshua commanded the sun and the moon, think of it, a man commanded the sun and the moon to stand still and it stopped. The celestial bodies stopped moving and it gave Joshua and the army more time to accomplish what they needed to get done. 
What phenomenal words. You cannot go from a place of speaking to the sun and the moon and stars and stuff like that, and they obey you, and then you just turn around and flippantly say, well, you know, uh, you know just some kind of a foolish statement and then comes out of your mouth. You can't do that. There has to be that consistency so that when you speak to the cancer, the cancer knows you mean business. Mm-mm-mm. Thank you, Jesus. This is the same authority. When Jesus saw a fig tree that was not producing, Jesus spoke to the fig tree and he told it to die. He cursed it and it died immediately. The death process immediately began to work into three and it just withered and withered and completely died. But from the moment he spoke it, it hit it at the roots and it's dead. It's already over with. It's already over with. It's going to go through the process, but it's dead. The moment he spoke it, the moment he spoke it. Well, now, Pastor Stephen, the reason that happened for Jesus was because he's God and because he was God, he could do that. He did every miracle, every sign, every wonder. He did it as a man. Submit it to the authority of the Holy Spirit. Submit it to the will of his Father. He didn't do it as God. Jesus loved being identified as the Son of Man. Was he God in the flesh? 100%. Emmanuel. God with us, but all of this ministry and all of these miracles, this is being worked as Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the son of man who's operating as a man yielded to the Holy spirit, reliant upon the Holy spirit and the spirit of God working, moving through him. And when Jesus speaks, he speaks purposely, no wasted words, no foolish words. It doesn't mean he can't have fun. It doesn't mean he didn't laugh. It doesn't mean that he wasn't a fun person to be around, but he guarded everything that came out of his mouth. And when he spoke something powerful, something heavy, like to a fig tree to die, it died. Woo. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Wasted, idle, foolish words dilute the power. Dilute the mighty power of God. So I need to say this. Holiness is necessary for power. Holiness has always been denoted in Scripture as moral purity. That beautiful quality, if not one of the most beautiful qualities of God, being His holiness. Or even the seraphim fly around crying, holy, holy, holy. In other words, holy is the Father. Holy is the Son. Holy is the Holy Spirit. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Woo! Holiness is necessary for power. And holiness cannot be fully developed in your life the way God wants it to be until Holiness has also taken control of your tongue. Woo! Oh, Pastor Stephen, I, I really don't know if I'm that much into it. You know, I like to have fun, and I like to, you know, I like to crack a few jokes every now and then. And yeah, some of them, some of them are over the gray area, Pastor Stephen. Uh, but God understands. Yeah, He understands. You're never going to come into real power where you pray for people and it happens. Woo! It happens. Praise God. Your man of your word, your woman of your word, let your yes be yes, let your no be no. No funny business, no political games, no trying to like use veiled words and hiding behind clever cliches because you're just not even interested in doing any of it. You're just sending out a bunch of fluff. No, no. Your yes is yes, your no is no. If you say it, you mean it, and you back it up, and you do it. Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. Holiness is not developed in our lives the way God wants it to be until holiness has taken control of our tongue. Praise the Lord. First Peter, first Peter chapter one, we see in verse 15, 
But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. You also be holy in all your conduct. That would include your speech, your words that come out of your mouth. Because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. Be holy, for I am holy. Mm -hmm. Well, that Pastor Stephen, uh, you understand I'm a man. And when I get around my buddies, we like to talk, man talk. If it starts going in that direction, that's, that's unredeemed, beastly man. See, when you're led by your, by your rational mind, you're reduced to just being a mere man. But when you're led by your senses, you're reduced to being a brute beast. Is that what you want to be known for? Mm. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Be holy, for I am holy. Enough of this trying to be slick and cool and modern and saying words that uh, would portray seductiveness or, you know, some kind of smooth, chauvinistic, you know, hedonistic smoothness. No, 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 no. We're not trying to win an award to get on the front of a magazine. My friends, we're trying to please God. Hallelujah. We're trying to come into the power. And this is not optional. This is a requirement. This is a requirement. And God wants his people to be trained in their words, in their proper usage of words so that we can properly steward the mighty power of God. Because so often power is released through words. Let there be light. Or in the Hebrew, translated literally, light be. So in order for us to come into creative power, we must be very, very precise with our words. Remember, the gift of special faith and the gift of working of miracles working together. When you get into the gift of the working of miracles, that's your involvement where God's going to work through you and you literally are going to work a miracle. Now he's going to work it through you, but you still are going to be involved in that process of working it. And so often with miracles, there is the calling forth of what it is the, that the miracle is going to be. And so you have to be, you have to be precise with your words. You can't be previously one hour earlier just talking total foolishness for 20 minutes and then suddenly come over here and work some mighty miracle in the name of Jesus where words are involved, where you command, uh, you command the miracle in the name of Jesus. Oh, my friends, we're going to have a lot of joy because the joy of the Lord is our strength. But we're also going to know that balance where there's, there's boundaries and you don't go into certain areas. You don't engage certain conversations. You can tell through the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of you the moment the conversation, the group conversation is going the wrong direction. And I would just suggest no need to try to change all of them. It's easier just to walk away. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now here is your greatest help. Here is your greatest ally, the Holy Spirit, who lives on the inside of you, who is with you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and the Holy Spirit will help you in this area. Now you have scripture. Now you have guidance. Now you have direction. But it is the Holy Spirit who is with you all the time, all the time, who will help you in this area to know when to pull back with words and also to know when to be very, very bold. The Apostle Paul said, pray for us that we can be bold, that we may say what we're supposed to say. And so there is a time to speak with great boldness. The uncompromised word of God. And there's other times, there's other times Maybe it could be a time of quietness and the Holy Spirit just wants you to be quiet 
or he'll have you say a certain amount and then cut it off because with the gift of prophecy, one of the worst things you can do is to declare the beautiful prophetic word and to give the word of the Lord and then not stop and then tack your own soulish stuff onto part B and then it confuses people. And I've seen that happen quite a few times. If the person just would have stopped the first part of what they shared was so straight from heaven, so straight from the Lord, but they kept on going and they got a bunch of soulish stuff mixed in there and through their perhaps baked their own opinion into this other part. And the other part was just, it was just, maybe we could even use the word foolishness. It was awful. My friends, we have to know when to stop. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. There was a young man preaching one time and he was doing pretty good and he preached his message and then he just kept on going, kept on going. And finally, there was a man sitting on the front row by the name of Smith Wigglesworth, the great evangelist. And finally, he just shouted out loud. He said, son, young man, don't you know that the Holy Spirit finished 20 minutes ago? <laughs> so he's just still full of hot air. Now he's just rambling, rambling, rambling. Every idle word that people speak, it's going to be brought back up. Why'd you say that? God's going to inquire. Why did you say that? Why did you say that? Well, I didn't really mean it. Then why'd you say it? Mm -mm -mm. Let's get these things dealt with. Let's be precise in these areas. Glory to God. Wherever we're going, wherever we're going requires it. Lift your hands. Father, I pray for your people today a people that you are preparing for the greater glory. Father, help them, help them that if they don't know what to say, they'll just be quiet. Help them. Thank you, Father God. Thank you for your Holy Spirit who is there with them. Thank you. Thank you. Leading them, teaching them, instructing them in the right usage of words. Now, Father, we give you praise. We thank you. We thank you in Jesus name. Amen. Praise the Lord. There's going to be times where the Holy Spirit will pour through you like a, like a, the hose that a fireman uses with great effectiveness of the things you're saying. And then suddenly the Holy Spirit will just let you know, that's it. Don't say anything else. You don't need to. You've, you've said everything I wanted you to say, and he just pours through you and then stop and then stop. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to the Lord. Now, if you're watching today's program and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I stand here today to tell you that one day your life is going to be judged by the way that you've lived your life. And if you have ever committed one sin, one you can't go to heaven. You will be eternally separated from God because of that. But as we all know, there's been many sins. Before I gave my heart to Christ, my sins were probably uh, immeasurable just about. And since then, I haven't been perfect, but the blood of Jesus has now covered all of that, washed it all away. And I walk in that cleansing Continual cleansing of the blood. But if you don't know Jesus Christ, you're in a mess because you have a, a spiritual nature of you're, you're alive physically, but spiritually you're spiritually dead and you've committed sins. And you've also spoken words that were displeasing. Perhaps you've even taken God's holy name in vain. Isn't it interesting that there are many atheists that don't believe in God, but yet when they curse, they always curse God. It's like, now, why, why are you cursing a non-existent being? If he doesn't exist, why do you choose his name to curse? Well, my friends, because God does exist, and that's the devil working through them. But if you're watching today and you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, your day of judgment's coming. 
So you need to get your life right with God so that your sins are forgiven and that you're born again and that you will not be in that group that's separated from God and thrown into the lake that burns of fire, brimstone, and sulfur. And you'll be there for all eternity with Satan and every other sinner who has rejected Christ. I warn you that day is coming. Call upon the name of the Lord right now. Pray this prayer after me. Don't wait another day. Pray this prayer right now. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of my sins. I surrender my life to you. Jesus, come into my heart. Wash my sins away. Write my name in your book of life. I take you now as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me now. In your name I pray. Amen. Welcome to the family of God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now we're going to take Holy Communion. Holy Communion. And as we do from this day forward, you're going to be very cautious and wise about the words that come out of your mouth. Your words will now edify, not destroy or tear down, not create confusion or fear or doubt, but your words will be words of edification. Mm -hmm. Woo! It's going to be good, good, good. Now, grab some unleavened bread and some grape juice, and let's pray. Father, thank you for the bread and the juice. We consecrate it and set it apart now through this prayer. We thank you. This is now the flesh and the blood of Jesus. Father, we want to operate in the great glory and see miracles happen. And so, Father, we know that requires the complete removal, the complete removal of foolish, worthless talking. And our words must be words of edification, words that glorify you. So, Father, as we now receive the flesh of Jesus, we thank you. Let a seal be set over our hearts. And out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So let there be that awareness that what we're about to say, may it glorify the Lord. May it build up others. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you. We now receive the body of Jesus in his name. We pray. Amen. Let's partake together. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We ask that if we've committed any sins, that you would forgive us and that you would cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And Father, we pray that you would lead us away from temptation, particularly the temptation to get entangled in foolish talk. And Father, we thank you. We ask that you would deliver us from the evil one who had tried to bait us and lure us into saying something that would be detrimental or that could be used or twisted against us. We thank you, Father God. We thank you for sound words, wise words, words that heal, words that bless. Thank you, Father God. We give you praise. Thank you for the blood of Jesus, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. Be very careful with music that you would sing along to. I talked to a guy sometime back that was going to college. Get this. He was going to college to get a, get a bachelor's degree in the psychology of pop music. So for four years, he was going to study pop music. Welcome to the world of foolish words, foolish singing, seductive singing. Welcome to the world of garbage. Watch out. I'm not saying that all secular music is wrong, but I'm saying some of it is loaded with foolishness, loaded with crudeness, loaded with coarseness, and it's not disguised. If you start singing all of that, it's the same thing as voicing it out. And the next thing you know, you're, you're going to be in a place where you cannot get into that power. You cannot get into that power. Be careful. 
Praise the Lord. As Peter said, quoting from the scriptures of Old Testament scriptures, God says, Be holy, because I am holy. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Father, we give you praise. We thank you that you're working. Woo! Mm. I have a prophet friend of mine. One more story before we go for today. I have a prophet friend of mine, and the Lord Jesus visited him in a vision and said, the church that you're going to be speaking at tomorrow has really gotten off course. And the pastor has been insistent on taking it further and further away from the standard of the New Testament church. Go tomorrow and warn him that if he does not repent and the church does not repent, I will remove the lampstand out of the church. And he had another instruction where the Lord said, when you go, no humor, no joking. And so the next day, my friend wakes up. He's the speaker. He's the guest speaker at the church. And he's thinking, Ooh, Lord, this is a tough assignment. So he, they finally invite him up there when it's time to speak. He goes up there and perhaps, perhaps they could sense that he was going to bring something weighty. And so everybody was a little bit tense, a little bit nervous. And he, he said, he, he said that he thought within himself, well, maybe Lord, just a little bit of humor to lighten them up and get them ready for this. And he started to say something that would be a little bit funny. And when he started to say that, he felt something very, very sharp and unpleasant poking his side. And he turned and looked, and his eyes opened, and standing there in the spirit realm was a big angel with a sword, with a sharp edge pointing him. And the angel said, remember, the Lord said no humor. <laughs> So he delivered the message with no humor, just as hard and with as much fire from heaven and as much impact as he could give it because he did not want to see those people fall away from what cost so much to establish. I don't really know the outcome of what happened, but I do know he delivered the message. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. These are things we have to learn. And my friends, by God's grace, we are learning them. Praise the Lord. Father, bless your people. We thank you that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And we thank you also that we will not engage in foolish talk, nor any idle words. Father, bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Thanks for watching. See you back next time.